0: The dish that's fit to air. Cindy Adams is on. 77 WABC.
1: Good afternoon. I'm Cindy Adams. The same Cindy Adams who does the column in the New York Post. I do this broadcast every Sunday on WABC from 1 to 2. It's with my usual scintillating semi-brilliant interviews or talks or bits of information or whatever I can pick up anywhere like. The other afternoon, TV's George Stephanopoulos was in such a rush that his hands still had chalk on them. He was speed-walking up Lex and Sixtieth in shorts and a T, iPhone in his ear. He hadn't even taken time to wash. And there's the Hamptons. While skinny bodies in bikinis narrower than adhesive tape watched dolphins swimming offshore in Amagansett. Alec Baldwin, who has a platoon of six kids with the Spanish wife Hilaria, he insisted there was too much sand on his son Leo's body, so he schlepped Leo inside. By the time he and his wife dusted the kid off, Alec had probably made his seventh child. Tina Turner... She once bought 125 pair of shoes at one time in one store. Michelle Pfeiffer says a guy wearing loafers, quote, ruins a sexy man for me. Listen, if that's the only part of him that's loafing, it's okay by me. Fergie, the long-divorced, once-upon-a-time Duchess of Ferguson, who was married to Prince, you should excuse the expression Andrew, the Duke of York, semi-ostracized you to maybe having possibly known the late Jeffrey Epstein. Anyway, this Fergie once told me Diana had foot warts. I don't know what they are, but that's what she told me. Speaking of feet... Camilla, can't remember if I've told you this already, but anyhow, I'll tell it to you again if I told it to you. Camilla, the former mistress, the current wife, the future could-be consort, said to me how tough it is to be in her position. Yeah, I said, why? She told me it's so difficult. "'standing around, shaking hands in a long, receiving line. "'My feet hurt,' she told me. "'Oh, well, the way the world is today, I felt so badly for her. "'So when I get home, back to the castle with the prince,' she said, "'the first thing I do is kick off my shoes.' "'That's the first thing she does?' In the old days, she was known for doing some other things first. And I want to tell you about my longtime forever friend Val Kilmer. He was just People magazine's cover. He and I have been phoning and emailing. He emails all night long. As you may have heard, his speech is now affected. He's become voiceless A caregiver stepped in to speak when things on the phone between us became hobbled. His story is now Amazon's streaming documentary. It's out now. It was shepherded to Cannes by his son who talked for him on it. Val is hoping it gets an award. He says if nominated, he'll show in a Gucci custom suit with funky shoes one thing about Val. He told me he misses New York. Val Kilmer remembered coming to my home in shorts, then having to run to Bloomingdale's to buy a suit to go to a dress-up dinner with me. In the olden days, he'd guest a lot. He'd come for a day and stay two weeks and you couldn't get Him the hell out. That was the Val Kilmer I knew and loved. Ah, maybe another piece of information. Yesterday, I did Fox TV's morning show with Rosanna Scotto. She's been anchoring there since before Lincoln. While she was on the air, live on TV, and while a co-anchor was reading copy off a teleprompter... Rosanna actually sat on the couch, just out of view, holding her cell phone and texting back and forth with a friend. This I never saw anybody else do. On other matters. Suppose a woman craves a man to make love to her, but he's leery or weary, but... Dare or even scare, forget it, a smart female knows there's always ways of breaking through to him. Now, the same exists for another strong heavy-duty pull. I'm talking politics. The release comes when the person gets elected. Word is now seeping out, and don't ask me how I heard or how I know. The word is Donald will make another try. The current news is the trigger, the news that is happening around the world. Afghanistan, our border, crime, China, Russia, Middle East, CV, terrorism, America's erosion, socialists' encroaching. There's Biden's inability. There's Biden's son. There's no can-do Kamala. Impossible that this frail White House occupant can stem the loss of America's power or values or repolish America's honor. Enter Donald again. Yes, pitfalls exist with Donald's personality. He knows that. It has been discussed. The man has an awareness of the left's ensuing hatred and anger. But this coming future race, we are told, is about restoring our country. A country he, we, love and are losing His future team may not include Jared and Ivanka, but within months, the United States of America could hear the announcement that Trump is ready to take back the God bless us United States of America. I'll be back in a minute. It's the Cindy Adams Show, 77 WABC. Listen, it's fun to dish, but even more important it is to stop the world once in a while and talk to those who are running parts of it. We are grateful to have gracing our St. Patrick's Cathedral, the Archbishop of New York, His Eminence Cardinal Timothy Dolan. Sir, before you, your Eminence, Were Cardinals Egan, Cardinal O'Connor, Cardinal Cook, going back almost to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. (laughs) Why were New York are, New York Cardinals, all Irish?
0: (laughs) Cindy Adams, first of all, thanks for the invitation to be with you. You know I love you and I appreciate you 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 and we become good friends, so I feel very comfortable with you. They asked me that on April, uh, no, February 22nd. 2009, when I was up here for the press conference that I was going to be the new Archbishop of New York, and one of the reporters said, why are all the Arch, you're the 10th, why are all of them Irish? I said, because the Pope appoints them, and the Pope is infallible, so he knows an Irishman we need we need him for New York. Okay, so you're going <laughs> to wait for a big
1: laugh, is that it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> we don't have feedback here, that's a bit of no, a No, well, if you're laughing, it's your own mind.
1: Okay, Okay, the New York Arch the New York Diocese began in the 1800s. Yep. But how did a diocese begin? I mean, what was it before? What constitutes a diocese? Yeah, that's good to know. So,
0: look, from the old days, so the first diocese in the United States of America was Baltimore. So you take the thirteen colonies. You got the new nation that with George Washington becoming president. They said, we need a diocese here. Rome said we need a diocese. There weren't that many Catholics. There were only 24,000 Catholics. Heck, that's a parish in the Bronx today. But anyway, they said, we need one. And Baltimore was, that's where initial Catholic settlers had gone in Maryland. Okay. Because, yeah, the Cal, so Lord Baltimore and Lord Calvert would, would have come from England to open a colony. And they got some religious freedom there. It was the only one of the 13 colonies where there was religious freedom, meaning Catholics who were kind of under a per, uh, persecution in England because of the of the Henry the Eighth and all that stuff. They uh, came over. And they flourished there. So Baltimore made sense. We had a great first bishop in Baltimore by the name of John Carroll. And as the country began to expand, he wrote Rome. And he said, hey, Holy Father, we need some more dioceses. They said, suggest which ones. He said, I'll tell you which ones. Boston, New York, Philadelphia, and Bardstown, Kentucky. Because a lot of the original Maryland settlers had gone to Kentucky, okay? They wrote back and said, bingo, let's do it. 1808. The the diocese of New York was established with those other four. What Makes is sense?
1: actually a diocese? A diocese know, Thank you. Know a
0: diocese is. would be like an equivalent of a state. It would be a boundaried area that is governed by a bishop and also divided into parishes. So the Catholic world would be divided into dioceses and then parishes. Now, a group of dioceses then would be under an archdiocese. So initially, as you asked me, Cindy, the arch the diocese of New York was under Baltimore. Yeah. And in 1850, uh, Joe, 1850, uh, the Archbishop of Baltimore wrote and said, "You know, these should become archdioceses." So we became an archdiocese in 1850. What is an arch? So an archdiocese would be kind of an upper crust under which would come dioceses. So they're. Are eight dioceses in the state of New York were the major one. The archdiocese under the archdiocese of New York would come Brooklyn, Rockville Center, Albany, oh, Syracuse, see. Buffalo, Rochester and Ogdensburg. Thanks for letting me explain that. Catholics don't know that.
1: But if that's a plural, shouldn't it? the plural be archdiocese or something instead of diseases?
0: No, because <laughs> no, there's only one. So there's only one. No,
1: but you said archdiocese, like several of them?
0: No, there are several in the United States. And if you would speak about the, not like if you would say, so across the Hudson, we got the archdiocese of Newark. Okay. So yeah, if you were talking about the archdioceses That's in the I'm United States, about. there yeah. you go. You thought it'd be Latin but we just use the English. Listen, so. I don't understand. We can anything. speak. You're good at Latin. You Listen, can, I'm you, lucky
1: I can speak English. Look, Leave me alone. You can cuss in six <laughs> languages. <laughs> you bet you I won't even say it. Listen, because you're the evidence. Didn't you ever, ever, ever want to be anything else, like maybe a suit salesman? What's your family? Didn't you ever want to be anything?
0: Yes, I did. Thank you. Although it is true, they're really, and I hesitate to say this because it sounds like I'm bragging and I'm not, and I don't want to discourage other people that would not have the same experience. I can't remember a time when I was not fascinated by the priesthood and thought, wow, I wouldn't mind being a priest. Uh, I think that's due to my grandma because I would always go to mass with her and she loved the parish priest and all. Anyway, but uh, yeah, I wanted to, was, I'd say that to my grandma, Nani, I called her, Nani, I want to be that priest. And we're walking home. And the fire truck would pass. I'd say, Nani, I want to be a fireman. I did. uh, Yes, I had thought seriously about becoming a teacher because I like to study. I was pretty good in school. And I had thought seriously about perhaps uh, becoming a doctor. Those are the only two things I thought about. Never. The attraction of the priesthood never left my noggin.
1: Well, you have to. You get a lot, but you have to give up so much. We don't, we all, I guess, I mean,
0: you're giving up a free afternoon doing the show, right? I mean, we have don't married couples have to give up a lot. Oh yeah. Yes. yes, So I hear. (laughs) Oh yeah. I love
1: my dog. Even better than my husband. Yes, absolutely. How can we forget
0: juicy? My, oh my,
1: oh my, my dog. I love him so much. Tell me about your upbringing. Sure. What is it that makes a Cardinal? I mean, how great were you in school? I
0: would. I was. I would not say I was an egghead. I wasn't a genius, but I was a good student, and I loved to study. I loved to read. I still do. And so what the upbringing? You look, your family is the first seminary. I had a great mom and dad. I've always said. To grow up in a happy family is probably... My
1: family wasn't the first seminary.
0: No. What are you talking about? <laughs> I mean Catholic families, <laughs> all right? So the my mom and dad were good Catholics. They weren't Shiite Catholics. I mean, they weren't talking about the faith all the time or on their knees all the time. But they took the faith seriously. And I grew up in a great parish. You know what a parish is. That would yes. be a diocese is divided into parishes. Grew up in a great parish. It wonderful neighborhood where half the people were Catholics. My buddies were Catholics. My... My baseball team, most of them were Catholics. We had great nuns, women religious from Ireland, who were joyful, competent women who encouraged me in my vocation. The priests in the parish were models to me. The neighbors, when they say to me, Timmy, what do you want to be when you grow up? I'd say a priest. They'd say, hey, that is great. OK, so I kind of came from a neighborhood, a culture, a parish that encouraged a vocation. All right. And I think that's that had a lot to do with it. Ultimately, I know this isn't some uh, holy hour or something, but ultimately, in my simple, awkward prayer, I kind of thought, Lord, I think you might want me to be a priest. That's what it's about, trying to figure out what God—don't we all have to figure out what God wants us to do? Is that
1: what we call a calling?
0: A calling, and the Latin for calling is a vocatio, where we get the word vocation. We all have them, right? You got one, and you do a pretty good job of it as as a journalist, okay? My calling— I said, how am I going to get back to heaven? What does God want me to do with my life? I think he wants me to be a priest. That's called a vocation. And the process of of discovering is called discernment. You try to discern what the Lord wants you to do. I meet with couples wondering about getting married all the time. And I said, look, what you got to ask yourself, what you think God's calling you to take her as a wife or to take him as a husband. Okay. And that's a discernment. That's a vocation. It's a noble one, uh, we we we're, we get good priests from good families. Okay, it's part of the problem today, because we got a lot of dysfunctional, we got a lot of disjointed families. So no wonder there's a lack of. But I grew up in a good one. To answer your question,
1: does an eminence mm-hmm. go to confession?
0: Yes, more often than you think. Maybe in they fact, need it more in fact, often than. <laughs> most of the time, I'm with you afterward. No, no. <laughs>
1: That's good. That's one in a row. That's one in a row two. for you, <laughs> honey. That's really one in yeah, a row. I do. I do go a lot.
0: Yeah, I have to. I want to. I need it. Well, who is going to hear an
1: eminence?
0: They don't, I don't think they know it's I. So I walk down to what there's two or three parishes within walking distance where priests are available to hear confession. They're behind a screen. I go there and I make my confession. I don't think they know it's I. In fact, there was a great. Story, I wasn't here that long, and I'm going to confession to the guy. And at the end, he says, say, you know, I don't know if you read the Catholic New York, but there's a great article by the Archbishop on the sacrament of penance confession. You ought to read it. I didn't say, oh, I kind of wrote it. but
1: <laughs> So I don't think they know it's I, And I'm kind of glad they don't. No, I, I, that I understand that I understand, but don't they see you going into the church? No, I'd be
0: lined up. Most of the time, Cindy, I do it on a day off and I'd be in my street clothes because I'm taking a walk. I'm doing a little shopping. I'm going out for lunch and I stop by and go to confession, get a haircut usually.
1: Okay. I just, I just didn't know how those things work. What happens when a Cardinal reaches 80? Is it compulsion? Do you have to expire? Uh, Oh, retire
0: at 75, Cindy. So in three and a half years, I will have to submit my resignation to the pope at seven when I become 75. Most of the time, it's not taken right away. Usually a year or two, sometimes three. You would remain on if your health is good. But you have to submit your resignation at 75 at 80 for a cardinal. Even if he's retired, he'd still have the honor of entering a conclave to elect a new pope. At 80, that expires. You don't
1: have that privilege anymore. So what can happen if you are retiring your eminence? What can, Do you go back to your family? No. Do you um, have to go to a special place? What?
0: Well, John Castamatidis has asked me to do a show, so I get... <laughs> <laughs>
1: You mean all of us old people? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> um, you better yeah, watch your when mouth. You're I at, mean, when you're no unemployed. You're
0: cardinal. No, I could go back <laughs> home. Odds are I'd stay here. This is my home now. So for a cardinal, the, the church is your home. I feel at home here in New York. I love the archdiocese. I'd probably stay here. Would I live at a rectory? And A lot of that would depend on my successor. He'd be my new boss, the new archbishop. And I'd say, would it be okay if I lived at this parish and helped or uh, Cardinal Egan mm, took an old rectory and had an apartment there. I could go there. He was
1: an old rectory.
0: There. <laughs> Next question, please. <laughs> yeah,
1: okay. I'm just being friendly. Okay. Cardinal O'Connor told me once that to, he was going to go to Lebanon and Israel, and he needed State Department approval. Of course, I know you're American, but what is the fealty, the loyalty, to the Vatican State that you'd need our State Department approval? I don't understand that.
0: That might be tough to understand because my my allegiance would be to the what we call the Holy See or the Vatican, and so and as especially as a cardinal. In fact, I had a Vatican passport. Okay, there aren't too many of them. The Vatican is the size of an eighteen year old uh, eighteen old golf course. It's not a big state, but it is an independent, historically uh, valid uh, political entity. But I think Cardinal O'Connor was also say, "Hey, look, I'm also a proud citizen of the United States of America," and i'm I'm going to be there and I need to ask their consul if it's okay to go now if they said no something tells me he would have still said I must go my superiors in Rome have asked me but it was extraordinarily and characteristically gracious of him I did the same thing cindy when uh, a couple of years ago I was invited to Iraq and Kurdistan by the bishops there I said I should go I want to go but I said I should check with uh with um to see if it's okay, and you know who I called was Pete King. You know Congressman yeah, of course, King, of course, great guy, good friend. And I said, "Could you advise me on this?" He said, "Let me." Ch-. I said, first of all, safety wise, and secondly, if there's anything I need to be briefed on from an American point of view, so I don't open my big trap over there and put my size thirteen and a half in it." So he did. He said, "Let me check around." So he said, "I checked with the State Department. He was on the Homeland Security." Yeah, uh, th- which made sense. And he said, you go, you're going to be safe. And he was kind enough to send me a briefing of, of things that were going on, some concerns of the American government. I was not there, as you implied in your excellent question about Cardinal O'Connor. I was not there as an agent of the American government, but I am a proud American citizen. And What's your passport?
1: What kind of I have an
0: American passport but but, but you're so special doesn't it have some special <laughs> no I don't think so it hasn't helped me get through customs but the uh <laughs> but I also the the Vatican is gives cardinals a passport because very often they would ask you to do some diplomatic initiatives which uh, went to Cuba remember a year yeah, and a half or yeah, so ago yeah. the, those are the kind of things that helps when you're going uh with a Vatican passport
1: you know i thousand years ago, it seems, I had breakfast with our friend Cardinal O'Connor. Nothing too lavish. considering. bowl the, of
0: oatmeal, I bet, huh?
1: He, it was always oh, oatmeal. And
0: beans. He had beans for breakfast. I don't year. remember. It was this. an old Navy diet because he was an admiral.
1: I wasn't, and I wasn't <laughs> eating beans. But I remember he gave me oatmeal, oat- but a bagel. He also okay. had bagels. Okay. He had bagels. Did you meet the legendary
0: Irish cook, Mara? I don't remember who I met. You would you would remember Mara. She was a crusty fiery Irish great woman. There was a big lady is that was Could that have been Mara? I never knew her, Joe. Yeah. Okay. Yes, yeah, she was well she I don't mean
1: that she was tall, but she was chunk She was stout, huh? Okay. No. Yeah. Okay. okay. No. I mean anything that comes from our friend here is absolute He's but... the
0: fact checker, right?
1: <laughs> He's watching his phone as oh, yeah. we speak. Okay. But he allowed. He, first of all, he gave me raisin bran, and he gave me sanka, and oatmeal. I'd have done better at the Second Avenue Deli.
0: <laughs> You'd have done allowed, better at the Salvation Army.
1: <laughs> anyway, he, he allowed me to inspect his private quarters, even his his closet. It was all quite simple. Do, do you? I mean, your your residence is so ornate. Do you live in such simplicity. I would like to think so. You know, I I would like to think
0: so. And you're right. The outside is certainly ornate and the ground floor, yeah, even though it sure. reminds you of Frankie Campbell's. But anyway, the um, no, but I think our quarters are simple. And Cindy, what what clothes needs do I have? I mean, my God! I, you know, you, you get the, I put the black cassock on when I do ceremonies. I wear this. You don't need many clothes. You go through black shoes quite quite a bit. But uh, I think my I think my rooms would be very simple. I do have a lot of religious objects here and works of art that people have given me. I'm grateful for those, and I think everything is very simple. I don't think I'd let you examine my bar area. That might be.
1: Oh, there's not very much left in it, as as I can recall. And my
0: cigar uh, collection, I I don't know.
1: Does an eminence eat his porridge out of a gold-rimmed
0: bowl? His eminence, this eminence would eat his porridge out of a cereal bowl in the morning coming out of the microwave. Because it
1: doesn't seem to us from, I mean, you should have everything because you are who you are. But we would imagine that it's quite lavish in you, the way you Yeah, live.
0: And I would say when we entertain, you know, I'd, we'd like to put on a good show. But, boy, our daily, first of all, I make my own breakfast. and uh,
1: What do you mean you make your own breakfast? I,
0: well, I get up pretty early. I get up a quarter to five when you're coming so in. Do and, <laughs> so do I. Twice a day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. What do you, where do you cook? Where are you doing your cooking? I go where down do
0: to the kitchen, and uh, I, I make some of that instant oatmeal. I get a cup of coffee. I'll get some blueberries or something. Chi the Italians say it's enough mm.
1: okay i I didn't think that I thought you lived quite high. Does your eminence ever put his feet up and read a mystery book? Very better?
0: often. I loved our friend Mary Higgins Clark, as yeah. you did, okay, yeah, yeah, I like our friend James Patterson, oh me I too, love too, me too, me too. John Grisham, yeah me oh, too. I have those Lord. books you want some oh I Cindy, I met them? him once, and he sends me. His first edition Me autographed. Too. You get Me him? Too. I'm yeah. so honored. I want to get him. And what to...
1: about Silva? You read I David Silva?
0: Was that... I love yeah, Daniel I Silva. Too. Excellent. So, mysteries. I would always have kind of a serious book and a lighthearted book. And I go through the lighthearted ones easier. So, I'm Michael Conley. Mysteries. What about the Reacher stuff? I love him. Lee Child?
1: Yeah. But I, I like Patterson more betterer, And yeah. Grisham. I mean, oh, really, I love And David uh, yeah. Silva. Yeah. David Silva's latest one is, what's the name of it? Oh, uh, the the, viol- the celloist, isn't it? The cellist. Yes, The, cellist, very the cellist, good. The cellist. Okay. In the post-archbishop days, were there perks for a former cardinal? Do you go home to family, allowed to marry? In post-archbishop days, what what sort of life? Can you leave, lead a, a normal like every everybody? When I'm retired, you mean? Yeah. So we're uh, three and a half years from now? Yeah. I,
0: I could go home more often. I could travel more. I could ex, I could accept more speaking engagements to give retreats to priests. I could take longer vacations. I'll do all that. I look forward to it.
1: So there are no restrictions?
0: No, there wouldn't be any restrictions. I mean, I'd still have priestly duties. I would want to offer Mass every day. I would want to, if, if I lived here and priests said, hey, could you come by for Sunday Mass? Could you do confirmation? I'd say, yippee, count me in. But there wouldn't be any restrictions, no. And if I wanted to retire somewhere hidden and quiet, I could. Look at Pope Benedict. Remember
1: what should I do by looking? At well, Pope you see, what I mean? He's
0: <laughs> kind of he became a monk when, when he retired in in twenty thirteen. Uh, so uh, that, that all like there's a lot of stuff now, Cindy, that I enjoy and don't have enough time to do. Visiting prisons. I love visiting prisons. Some of the holiest men I've met are in prisons. I do it four times a year now. I'd probably do it once a week if I were retired. Uh, I love going to the food lines. I could do that more often because I wouldn't have the demands of the day. So,
1: Well, I can understand (laughs) that, but I'm not... Knocking myself out in prisons. I want to tell you, it's not my first place. I mean, jewelry store, yes, Maybe. but a prison, okay, there we no. Go. Okay.
0: I'm not Catholic. By the I, way, your ring is nicer than mine. I don't like this. You're showing me up.
1: Well, this I is, mean, this is pretty calm, <laughs> the one your are your, yes. your little gold yeah. thing. Please. I don't want to ask anything disrespectful because you know I'm not the type. I'm so. Oh, no, I hadn't noticed. Right? <laughs> warm, warm and everything. Does a prince of the church ever knock off his shoes and gold chain? You ever. You ever just play Scrabble or Monopoly? Uh, when my
0: nieces and nephews come, I will play uh, Gin Rummy. I will play Goldfish. Gold no, they do. Uh. I will <laughs> play, play Uno. I'll play Horseshoes. I'll fish with them. So when my nieces and nephews come, it is whatever hair I got left. It's hair down. That's lovely. <laughs> I love that. That's just- they're good for me. The reality check.
1: That's just wonderful. How often do you go home?
0: I can't go as often as I want. As you know, you were kind enough to ask about her. My mom is 92 and great health. So I try at least every two or three months to get home, to spend two or three days with her. And then we have big family reunions and I get to see everybody. This last summer, my niece Haley got married here at our Lady's Chapel at St. Patrick's. So most of the family came up and we had a blast. They spent about a week in the city. I think my brother, Patrick, and his wife and the three kids are coming up for Thanksgiving. Can you get me tickets to the Macy's Parade? Yeah. Good. Thank you. Okay. I'll get you anything you want. And we'll go to the the Rockettes. Oh, yeah. When, When
1: do we do that? November what?
0: Listeners, you should know, Cindy and I, the last decade, they've been kind enough at Radio City Music Hall to ask me to come over and bless... The, the animals and the cats yeah. and prepare for the big Christmas special. Cindy comes along with me. I'm glad to say we have a good time. And the camel licks my neck. Remember?
1: I do. <laughs> yes, I do. Tell me about your dog. He's scruffy little. A, a pickle.
0: Thing. Pickle. We're worried about Pickle's health. So about five, six years ago, we got a rescue dog. And I have to give credit to Antoine. He's our cook. He comes in for lunch and supper. He loves the dog, but we love him in the house. But we're worried about his health. He had Do to, you need a vet? He lost all his teeth. No, we got a pretty good vet. Lost all his teeth. Well, he's got a bum leg. We think he's going blind. Uh But don't we all? So See, you love him all the more. Look at poor Juicy, remember?
1: Oh, oh please. Yeah. I loved I loved that dog more than anything else in my life. I didn't love my husband like I loved that dog. I remember, and
0: you let me hold
1: hold Juicy. I love Juicy so much, so much. Tell me, I, I don't really know, what is the future of religion in general? I mean, what is happening to our country? What is happening to religion? All right.
0: I'm worried. I'm worried. Now, I don't worry about A lot of people will say to me, do you think religion, do you think faith, do you think the church can survive? I said, I have absolutely no doubt that it will survive. Jesus, our founder, said, I'll be with you to the end of the world, and not even the gates of hell will prevail against it. But they're sure trying. And I do worry about our beloved country, God bless America, that was founded with kind of a respect for religion and even though there's the thanks be to god the the respect for the separation of church and state there's also the insistence on in religious freedom and there was sort of a cultural emphasis that religion is kind of a good thing i don't see that anymore i think now religion is being sidelined we don't people think they can get along without god i mean when you have when you have a prominent official in this state say that uh, when the vaccines came, when he said, "You know, the end of uh, the corona had nothing to do with faith and prayer; it's all science." Well, that's baloney. Science is a great thing, but science is one of the ways God answers our prayers. I'm worried. I am.
1: Are you worried about religion, or are you worried about Catholicism? Both. What are you talking about? Both.
0: I I worry about faith, the vitality of faith. Here's the problem we got, Cindy. Okay. The good news is the polls show us that spirituality, belief in God, sort of a, oh, kind of a fluid value system, that's still strong in America. So belief is strong. Belonging to a church is not. And all my my rabbi friends tell me that. My Protestant friends tell me that. My Islamic friends tell me that. The, the bel- allegiance to a particular faith in which you were raised and in and, and which you, you got your whole value system, that is on the decrease. And I worry about that. Now, some people might say, well, sure, you worry about that, Dolan, because that's self-serving. You're in a church. I worry because I don't think spirituality and belief can be sustained without a living community of people who share your values, and that's the church. So if you don't have worship, if you don't have a community, I'm, I worry your faith is going to grow
1: paralyzed. And I think that's what's happening in our country. I think that's what's happening. And now they're pushing me because they want you in the press conference. Oh my. That's happening. So my go, arm. go. I am telling the Catholic eminence. go Will you invite me go. back? You're no, open. I'm not having you back.
0: This is The Cindy Adams Show, 77 WABC.
1: I am going to gossip. I'm in the mood. The other day, I did Fox TV's morning show with Rosanna Scotto. She has been anchoring there since before Lincoln. While she was on the air, live, on TV, and while a co-anchor was reading copy off a teleprompter, Rosanna sat on the couch just out of view she was holding her cell phone, and she kept testing, texting back and forth with a friend. Who's going to ever believe something like that? An anchor on television is texting a friend. So Patty LaBelle. I once went to visit her in a hotel here. She lives in Philadelphia and was making a tour. Immediately, I got off the elevator, and this is a very high-class hotel, The second I got off, I smelled food, not food delivered, food cooking. I went to Patty's suite. She was cooking in a major New York City five-star hotel suite, cooking. She was making liver and onions in the living room, and the whole hallway smelled of liver and onions. The carpets, the furniture, the elevator, liver and onions. She said, Girl, Patty LaBelle don't like to eat junk, and room service is. And then she used a descriptive word of what she said room service was. And besides, she says, it's expensive, so I cook myself. Patty LaBelle had several trunks with her. One was a complete kitchen pots, pans, silverware, spices, hot plates said Patti LaBelle, tomorrow I'm doing shrimp scampi. Okay, I got some other little things I can tell you. I'm in the mood. So there's There's my teeth that needs to be fixed. They're loose, obviously. There's Naomi Campbell, who said, I don't care if they call me a B-I-T-C-H. That is someone who defends their rights, so I don't care what they call me, and I don't mind being called that. Keanu Reeves had a cigarette in his hand, and he was asked, does he have any vices? He said, I don't have any, or I just don't relate to them as vices. There's delicious Queen Latifah, who once discussed her virtues, She said, this is her direct quote, there should be an award for the best breasts in a movie. Of course, when they create that award, I'd better win it. And Dolly Parton, her wisdom on why she always wears makeup, even when she goes to sleep, she said to me, what if we get an earthquake? You never know what will happen, and you have to get out of bed in the middle of the night. You never know when somewhere there's going to be a fire. I'm always prepared. And let me tell you something about doing the job. Yeah, I'm in the Post. Yeah, I'm on ABC. Yeah, I have a documentary. You guys know out there what it's like to be stressed out? Let me tell you, the other day I was in a hurry and I was under stress and I had a letter in my hand and a house key. I threw the letter in a john and flushed it and threw the key down a mailbox. And then there was the time I am sitting here as a VIP and I'm interviewing Michael Caine. And in the middle of Michael Caine... I forgot his name. I didn't know what to call him. I called him Honey. Not just me. It happens to all of us. My friend Judge Judy was in the gym. She had an important lunch with executives at CBS. And she ran to the lunch. Rather than be late, she threw her wig on backwards. Okay about the fun and games... But there is something I feel like I want to talk about. 9-11. I was reading that morning. It was early in the morning. I was in bed. A friend called and said, are you watching TV? I said, no. She said, turn on the television. Obviously, you all know there is no describing that horror I stayed glued to the television for days. I live midtown. What I heard all day, all night long were sounds of sirens, ambulances, police cars, fire trucks screaming through the empty streets. I couldn't sleep for the sound of the sirens. My friend, Dr. Bob Lahita, who runs several medical facilities in New Jersey and is on their ambulance emergency list, he set up the triage unit across the river. Dr. Lahita worked 24 hours nonstop. I remember also the cohesion, the togetherness. The unity, the subsequent immediate one for all patriotism that we suddenly saw and don't anymore. The very next day, taxis, they flew the American flag. Buildings suddenly sprouted the stars and stripes. People wore red, white, and blue buttons. They wore caps with stars. They were badges. It was one for all, all for one, all for America, all for patriotism, all for the United States. It's lacking today. Twenty years later, tearing the flag, burning the flag, desecrating our flag, breaking down monuments, Everybody today is remembering one day, 9-11. But few are honoring what we are, what we stand for. What happened to our patriotism, our red, white, and blue love for this country? One nation, indivisible, one for all, all for one, the United States of America— Everybody's trying to get into it. Few bodies here are honoring it. Yes, I remember 9-11. I also remember World War II. I remember the hate. I remember the killing. I remember its destruction. And always will I remember the God bless us Best country in the world, the United States of America.